But today, I want to talk to you about what I used to think was the dumbest part of the whole Bible. Okay? I mean, I thought it was so dumb, it couldn't possibly be true. And as I have gotten older, what I have found is actually, it's one of the most true things in the whole Bible. Okay? How's that for an intro? We ready? Let me read from Numbers chapter 14. I could have picked several, this happened several times, but I just picked this one. Numbers 14. Then all the congregation raised a loud voice, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you see how dumb this is already? Have you read Bibles? Do you know what happened in Egypt? Do you know what Egypt was like? What were the Israelites in Egypt? They were slaves. Okay. So they were slaves. And uh, do you know what else the Egyptians made them do? Made them make the bricks out of straw and then no straw. They had to labor all day. And at one point, Egypt even kills all their firstborn male children. Okay? So here's the argument. Hey, guys, it's really bad. Let's go back to there. Right? Let's go back where they killed our babies. Let's go back there where we're slaves. That's the argument that's being made. Does everybody see how dumb this is? How would that even work? Like you walk back over to Egypt and you're like, listen, those plagues. Sorry about that. Right? Your people, you know, your army drowning in the Red Sea are bad. But we would really like to come back. Okay? Would we just come back and work something out? Do you see how dumb, everybody see how clearly dumb this is? Okay? Would never even work. It's the most ridiculous. In fact, I used to think there's no way this is true. There is no way that these people are saying, let's go back to the place that killed our babies. That sounds better than this. And yet, and yet, as I have gotten older and I have pastored people, What I have found is, it doesn't seem so dumb. Okay? How many of you come back to the same sins and problems over and over again in your life? You're like, I already learned this lesson and now I'm back here. How many of you know somebody who's an addict and they finally get themselves cleaned up and then they bump into somebody in the store, they head back to a party and then right back to plan zero. Okay? How many of you know somebody who's in an abusive relationship and they get out, and then they get right back in. And they, oh, and this time it'll be different, won't it? No, it wasn't the last ten times. And yet they keep going back to the same thing. The person who tries every fad diet and every exercise plan until somebody brings cake to work. And then, off the train. Don't we often, when we make changes, go right back to where we were over and over again? I've seen this in my own life. How many times do I have to learn this same lesson, God? How many times have I fallen in this same trap? There's this tendency we all have when changes happen 
to get afraid, to get scared, to get anxious, and try to go back to the way things used to be. Can everybody identify with this all of a sudden? Right? Because we all do this. And so I've, I've been wondering about how does that work? Why? And I, I recently met with my friend and mentor, a guy named Graham Standish. Some of you have met him. He's preached here before. And he studied at uh, Duquesne University with a Dutch Catholic priest and psychologist named Adrian von Kamm. And, and he showed me a little model to help understand how change works that I think helps explain some of this. And it's really been messing with me. And so I want to share it with you today. The idea that von Kamm had is that we are always changing. Boy, we don't like it, do we? Right? We don't like it. But even as you're sitting here, your hair got a little longer. Okay? A lot of times in places you didn't want it. And then where you want it, it doesn't grow back. I don't understand. So, so in, and today, you are the youngest you are going to be the rest of your life. Because you're getting a little older every day. The cells in your body are dying right now. Lots of your cells dying immediately. This is what happens. We, we have to change. We're always in a state of flux. In fact, the one thing that doesn't seem to change in life is change. We all keep going through it. But it's a process, isn't it? You start somewhere. And, and Von Kamm called this formation. Okay? And uh, what, you come from somewhere. Okay? You start from somewhere. We call it formation, right? And, and a lot of times people think that from has how it's always been. How many of you have heard people say that? I've always been that way. Yeah, you were in diapers at one point. You weren't always that way, okay? <laughs> We've always done it that way. Yeah, this was all woods at one point. English wasn't even a language. We didn't do it all the time that way. You formed to what you think is normal now. It happened, Okay? But this is new. This is normal, right? This is, how does this feel when, you, when you're way, the way things have always been? The way you feel comfortable? You feel what? What do you feel? Safe? Secure? Complacent, complacent sometimes? You know what to expect? But it happened. Okay? E- Israel is in Egypt. Everybody, Egypt wasn't always bad. Remember your story. Egypt saved the family. Right? Egypt was a good thing that God used to save the people. But it's not anymore. Okay? So at some point, you're formed. You're into something. You come from. But then, you come out of this security, safety, stability. And you have to have something new. You didn't know what to expect. So you have a from, a formation, but then you have a to. A transformation. So something happens, and eventually it's the new normal. How many of you can remember you got married, and then like this person was always there. You had to like learn how to deal with it, right? And you, and you, or you had kids, and then you had to figure that out. Remember how crazy it was? Yeah, I, we always love watching somebody when they're new parents, like it's their first, and they're handling it like so delicately. Because like, by four, you're just like, throw it over your arm, let's go to the store, whatever. Right, we're, but, but do you remember, have you, what, other, what, other, what other changes have, have you had, have you gone through? Out loud. What, what other changes have you, have you seen in your life? 
No, none, none. You're exactly as you were when you were four. No, what other job? Anybody new jobs? Retirement. Retirement. How many of you have watched somebody go through a retirement and like two weeks later they're getting, they're like a Walmart greeter because they can't handle it, okay? Yeah, you gotta get used to being retired and it's not always easy. Yeah, you get married or you get divorced. You have a major health concern that totally changes how you have to do things. You put on a new medication and it messes with you, right? We all have had these moments, these times where we go from to two. And eventually the new job is the normal, right? Like, yeah, eventually I'm married and now I know what to expect. But, for, but what's the problem? The problem is there's an in-between time between formation and reformation, we, Von Kahn used to call that transformation. You have to go through. Okay, you have to go through something. Okay, you have to move through a period. And the problem is, this is messy. Okay, this takes time. And we don't like through to take time. We would like to have the grief of losing someone we love. Let's have the funeral on Friday. Give me the weekend and I'll be back to it. In fact, how many of you lost somebody and a friend told you, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. But you couldn't hear it in the moment because you were in the wilderness. Right? You got to go through. You have to go from through to. You got to hit all of the stages. Yeah, you, you eventually adjust to having kids, or you adjust to being divorced, or the new job makes sense, or retirement sort of settles in. But for a while there, it's weird. For a while there, it's fuzzy. Okay, I call it fuzzy because it's lots of emotions. What are your emotions when you're in the wilderness? Confusion. Confusion? What up? What? Fear. Lots of people fear. Anxiety. What else? Frustration, lack of, there's a whole lack of clarity, right? So there's confusion. Those are all bad, but what are some good emotions in the wilderness? Excitement? Excitement. Hope. Hope, energy, yeah, expectations, so challenge. And some people hate through. <laughs> okay, how many of you know somebody who's like that? Like, if we're going to go through, I don't want to go through, I want to avoid it. How many of you know people that, like, get too stable for too long and they can't stand it? And they're like, well, let's go, got to change something. So, so this is even different for different people. But you have to go through. There's positive and negative emotions. The, the direction is... So, so this is the problem, too. This is how my friend Graham Standish says it in his book, Preaching to Those Walking Away. When we undergo transformation, we experience a period when we don't know what we will become, but we can't go back where we were. Right? There's a place here where you're in the wilderness where you can't go back and where you don't know where you're going. And for a lot of us, that's the terrifying part is we don't know how this is going to work. And here's what I've noticed. I think COVID, having a global pandemic, totally destroyed what most people's frums were. And we have been in the wilderness ever since. And I immediately started hearing when, I, when it was COVID. We were, we were like four weeks into COVID, and people were like, when can we just get back to normal? You can't, right? And so the whole world got thrown into the wilderness all of a sudden, 
And, and we don't know what it's going to look like. And I'm amazed how many people I'm talking to right now for whom they, normal doesn't work anymore. Like, they work back to work, but they don't like it anymore. Or how many of you, I've heard this, I've seen this a bunch, people who had friends before COVID, and now they're like, eh, I don't need those friends anymore. Like, we've sort of, like, moved on to be different people. This, the whole world got into this. And it's fuzzy. We get anxious. And that we can, we can, we can fight, flight or flight can set in. We can start to resist the change, the systems, the circumstances, because they feel so uncertain. So let's go back to Israel for a second and have a little bit of compassion for Israel. Okay? Do you know how long Israel's been in Egypt at this point? Text tells us 430 years they've been in Egypt. Do you know what that means? There was no one alive who was ever in the promised land. The promised land is a story. It's not a reality for them. They don't know. And, and if you go through this passage I read, they just, they're now standing on the brink of the promised land. They send spies in. And what do the spies say? Oh, man, these guys are big. And they're all, their walls are tough. And, and so, so if you're Israel, you're looking at this. Okay, I thought I was through the desert. Ever, this ever happened to you? I thought I was through the change. No, I'm just getting started. I've got years of unwinnable battles before I can get through this. So maybe a little bit of compassion for Israel. A little compassion for us. Because, yeah, Israel's dumb, but we're dumb too, right? Because this is right what, like, when you're in the middle of the wilderness, you start to look back and say, oh, that was pretty good. Even if it actually wasn't, this is funny to me too. How many of you have heard somebody say, remember the good old days? And you were there and you're like, they weren't that good. <laughs> that is a little bit of creative memory right there. It wasn't that good the first time. Uh, you're just remembering what you want to remember, right? Or we want to try to rush the two. Like we try to rush to the change. And uh, instead, we got to take our time. We can't rush the process of transformation. In the Bible, the desert is the place of transformation. Wilderness, wilderness, sometimes referred to as a desert. Remember over there, there's not woods. So when we think wilderness, we think woods. But over there, it's desert. Okay, over there, wilderness is a desert. And so those are the metaphors, those are places. And so many characters in the Bible. Moses, 40 years in the desert. Israel, 40 years in the desert. Jesus, 40 days in the desert. Uh, Abraham, Adam and Eve are cast out. The prophets, David spends time on the run. Even characters that don't go to the wilderness and the desert sometimes end up in the belly of a whale or sold into slavery like Joseph. Right? Like Jonah and Joseph. A lot of times it's in the desert that we learn, that we grow. The way of transfer- transformation is the way of wilderness. You have to leave the familiar and go into the fuzzy middle for transformation to happen. And it's common to feel lost. And it's actually really common to want to go back. And it's really common to want to rush the change. Let's just move on. Right? Doesn't the doctor just have a pill for this? Oh, I have to actually change my diet. Oh, man. I'd much rather just take the pill. I'd much rather just move quickly through the change. We, we struggle in the middle. We have a lot of creative strategies for avoiding the wilderness. We blame others. We can repress memories. We can look at the good old days, make them gooder in our minds. We can deny. We can rationalize. Like that, like that abusive person, that woman in an abusive relationship who says, he said he was sorry this time. I think he needs it. Right? We can fool ourselves into thinking it's going to be different this time. It's not going to be different this time. 
feel this in groups. I feel like a lot of us is, are in this place. In fact, we have sayings that keep us from going through transformation. How many of you, what, anybody know these phrases? The grass isn't, isn't always greener on the other side. That's like a, hey, why go through that? Grass is fine here. Okay? Better the devil you know. Right? We have actual phrases in our culture that reinforce don't change, don't move, don't grow, don't move. Right? The problem is that that is not how God works. God is constantly transforming us and changing us and using these circumstances to bring us toward where he wants us to be. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I think that our church is going through some of this right now. If you're paying attention, some of you are new. Some of you are not so new. We've got a mix here. And if you have been around this church for a long time, it doesn't it kind of feel different? Like, I'm actually amazed, and we talked about this at the session a couple weeks ago, that in the last four months, our church has felt different. It's, is anybody else catching this? It feels different in here than it did in the fall. And I'm not sure we did much different, but all of a sudden, the, the spirit is moving. You can name this in a lot of ways. The thing is, I, I don't know what that totally looks like. Right? For me as your pastor, I don't know what that means. Okay? I can't totally control that. I'm not sure. Okay? And, and I, I don't want to overstate. I'm not saying that where we were was Egypt. And I'm not saying where we're going is promised land. But I, what I want to catch on is this fuzzy middleness of the, of the wilderness. And some of you might be like, great, exciting, energy, movements, hope. We're, okay? Some of you might be like, eh, I don't know about all this. Okay? You might be a little anxious, and we're all in different places. I'm in different places all week, so I get it. It's a totally natural part of being in the wilderness, is that lost feeling that you sometimes get, even if it's a good change. In fact, sometimes it's harder. Have you noticed this? You ever had to leave a job you liked and you didn't want to leave, but they, they cut you? Sometimes, it's, sometimes when you have to leave something good for something better... That's even more scary. If you leave something bad, that's hard enough. But leaving something good or great for something else, that's really, really hard. And so I just want to name a couple things for you. Number one, I want to name that, 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 that emotion that you feel when you go through change in your life. Yeah, Israel did that too. Like, that is totally normal. It is part of the deal. And um, you can't rush it, and you can't really go back. And I don't know what that all means for our church, but here's what I do know. I do know that we are not who we were, and we are not who we're going to be yet. And so we're all in this little bit of fuzzy, and our world seems to be in this little bit of fuzzy. I want to say, though, that I'm really proud of this church. I'm really proud of this church, because I have, known, I have been in churches, and I have known a lot of churches who would, who would mutiny like the Israelites and we're going back. And that has not been the attitude that we've had around here. And I'm very proud of you all for that. Even if it's been hard, you're like, we're in it. And that is so, such a blessing. It's such a blessing. I, I'm, I'm proud of you and I thank you for that. And, um, and I want to say one other thing. Name something really important about the wilderness. That God uses the wilderness to shape us. That this transformation isn't like accidental. I don't actually think that God, we can talk about sovereignty some other time. I don't know if God sends us through the wilderness or if life just does it and God uses it. But either way, God doesn't waste the wilderness. 
God will use it to transform you. Let me read you, to you from a book that you probably never read called Hosea, verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 13. God is judging Israel for, in his words, and you'll see it in the text, cheating on him. It says, and I will punish her, that's Israel, for the feast of the Baals, when she burned offerings to them and adorned herself with her, with her ring and jewelry and went after her lovers and forgot me, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her her, her vineyards and make the valley of Acre a door of hope. She shall answer as in the days of her youth, as in the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. So here's what God's saying to Israel through Hosea. All right, I'm judging you. You have been cheating on me with all these other gods, but I'm going to bring you into the wilderness. And, and uh, he's talking, Hosea is referencing exile, but the metaphor is Israel going out of the promised land. He says it very specifically. And what does God say? I'm going to allure her. I'm going to take her in the wilderness, and she's going to be mine. Do you know what the wilderness is for Israel in God's perspective? It's a date. It's a date. What God is doing is he's pulling Israel into the wilderness to say, hey, you're, not, you're, you're loving all these other things, but now you're going to love me. Okay? You think you're following all these other things? Now you're going to know me better. That's what God, what God sees wilderness. It's a date. It's a chance for you to fall in love with God, for you to see how much God loves you, and to know God more through the wilderness. Do you see the problem then when we avoid the wilderness? When we're like, ah, oh, we better go back there. Oh, we better rush over here. If you don't go through the through, you try to either stay at the from or rush to the to, you miss what God wants to do in your life by transforming and shaping you through the wilderness. That God is doing it, not because God lets you go through this, not because he doesn't love you, but precisely because he does love you. He's not going to waste your wilderness. He's going to bring you to more and more deep knowledge of him. This is what God does. He uses the desert. He uses the wilderness. And I totally get that it doesn't feel like that, right? Like, you're ever in it, it does not feel like that. But that is what God is doing. So, when you're changing, when you feel like you're in the wilderness, stop trying to go back. Stop trying to rush ahead. Be where God has you. And understand that God is shaping you for whatever he's calling you to in the future. And I promise you, there will come a time when the new normal comes. Okay? Can you remember these moments where, like, ah, you, man, for like six months, I really worried about that. And now I don't even think about it. Like, like, eventually you get there. But, but don't try to rush the journey and don't try to go back. So... So is Israel dumb? Yeah, I think they're kind of dumb. But I think we are too. And we miss sometimes what God wants to do in the wilderness for us. And boy, I, I really, I think the world is going through this right now. I think our country is in wilderness right now. I think our world is in this. I think our communities are in this. A lot of our families are in this right now. And um, I want to know, everybody's panicking. It's actually okay. you got to go through it. Trust God in the wilderness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.